I'm Lisa Popchak, and you're listening to Momfinance, for moms at every age and every stage. Being a mom is wondrous and delightful, but also at times exhausting and overwhelming and confusing and frustrating. Momfidence is a place for moms to come for encouragement, comfort, some new tools, and the confidence boost you need to be the mom you want to be. Hi, moms. How are you all doing? Thanks for joining me on Momfidence today. We all need a little confidence in our momming right now, don't we? As I sit here and record this, it is several weeks into lockdown for me here in Ohio. I think we're in two and a half weeks. Um, It's been a bit shorter in some of the surrounding areas. It's been a bit longer in many areas. But no matter where we are, we are definitely being affected by this. And when we are affected by something, as moms, the burden is all the heavier. Because we're not only worried about ourselves. We're worried about our kids. We're worried about the future. We're worried about about a million things a second sometimes, aren't we? And I won't presume for a minute to try to list all the possibilities of what you're going through. Because while we're all in this situation at the same time, everybody's situation is so different. Some of us are used to being home with our children. Some of us are not. Some of us are used to being home, and some of us are working all the time and trying to balance that with being mothers. Some of us are isolating and dealing with the monotony of that, and others are having their lives torn apart. And then there are about a thousand, maybe a million other scenarios that could be happening in your home. But I do have one thing that I really want to make sure that I share with you during this incredibly difficult time that will help no matter what your circumstance is as a mom right now. And so I take you back to Momfidence principle number one, which is make affection and connection your number one job. Here's the thing. That might sound a little bit trite in the midst of all that's going on right now. But I want to promise you that when you do that, and we'll talk a little bit in a minute about ways to do that. It will make everything easier in terms of dealing with your children, no matter what age they are. And it will make you feel better. Better in the moment, better at the end of the day when you get to finally go to sleep, or at least to bed. It will be something that you can feel proud of 
minute by minute. And when this is all long past us, you'll be able to look back and say, I did okay through that. I had moments of really doing okay. Maybe overall, you'll feel really good about it. If it uploads well, I am using a picture today that my best friend, the godmother of all of my children, because she is so amazing, drew this week. And the art that she did is going out with wonderful words about staying home right now and the importance of that. But I asked her if I could share the actual artwork of this beautiful house with hearts on the shutters and on the birdhouse, and it's it just warmed my heart to see it. And I'm using it for this particular podcast because I think that when we think of home, when we think of creating a safe home in the midst of this in particular, we want love. We want warmth. We want kindness. We want peace. But boy, can that seem very difficult to do when everyone's nerves are jangled and life is so different than it was just even a few weeks ago. But I think for each mom in our hearts, that is our number one goal. It's our desire anyway. And how to reach that desire and goal can really seem perplexing during all of this. Any day, but particularly during all of this. And I'm talking to many of you who are DMing me and asking me questions or calling into More to Life on EWTN radio or off of Sirius XM 130. And so many of us are just struggling right now in so many ways, not knowing how to handle our kids in the midst of all the strangeness, all the challenges, all the worries, the depression and the anxiety that so many are going through. And I'm seeing that moms are really struggling, and some are already at the end of their ropes, and there's a lot of yelling, and there's a lot of anger, and a lot of feeling inadequate as moms at the end of it all. Moms who are struggling to go through schoolwork with their children that suddenly you're having to teach everything, and you're having to teach it the way the teachers taught it, and you're accountable to the teachers. And you're having to send in schoolwork and take pictures of everything they do every day. And there's a lot of extra in what's already a lot of extra for so many moms. And that's whether you are a stay-at-home mom or you're a working mom who's now not working or you're a working mom who is working and have has all of the extra stress of that, there's a lot. And unfortunately, we often think, just as human beings, 
that the place we can be ourselves, and I air quote ourselves here, is at home with our spouse and kids. But unfortunately, the world has kind of taught us that ourselves is defined as our worst selves. The selves that can let it all go, can be angry, can be snarly, can be rude, can be a mess. But we save the best self for everybody else out in the world, for our bosses and our church members and our friends when we hang out at a restaurant and the committees that we serve and our fellow employees, we would never think of talking to any of them the way we would talk to our family members. So my first challenge is, let's use this time to flip that and start talking to the ones we love with the same courtesy, the same tone of voice, the same respect as we would talk to to a very important stranger or acquaintance or somebody in our business world. That's going to be a first good step to kind of get those feelings under control. Now, that doesn't mean you, you can't be honest. It's okay to say to those you love, I'm really struggling right now. This is scary for me. I'm feeling anxiety about this. Or just to cry to your spouse or your best friend or into your pillow at night or preferably to God to really cry out to the only one who can fix any of this. But once we begin to think that way, that we really have to stop taking out all of this stress on the people that we actually love the most and are called to be into, in relationship with the most, I want to go back to that idea, that number one principle, make affection and connection your number one job. Because right now, I think for most of us, our number one job is getting through the day. Whatever that means in your household, just getting through the day, getting the meals made, getting the work done, getting those things that we feel we must get accomplished during the day done. And we can be irritable through it or demanding through it or antagonistic through it. And that's never going to bear a lot of very good fruit for us. And it's going to leave us feeling like we didn't do this well. And I know personally, I want to get through this and have my kids be able to look back at this time and say, it was really hard. And mom really loved us well through it. It was hard for the whole world but mom really loved us well through it. She wasn't perfect. She didn't put a happy face on everything. She was honest, but she was there. And we know she loved us. And I see a lot of moms who are trying really hard right now to make everything sort of extra, extra special, which is lovely. If you have the energy and the time, that's great. If you're 
setting the table every night and making everything perfect and making these fabulous things happen for your family and you're doing it genuinely to connect with them, then go for it and share those ideas and maybe we can all join in and get ideas from you. But if you're doing all those things, to be able to say to yourself at the end of the day, I made this perfect meal, the table was perfectly set, I did all these things with my kids during the day that I checked off my chore chart, but I didn't do it with a heart toward loving them, connecting with them, and being affectionate to them. I just did it so I could tell myself I did a good job as a mom. Take a deep breath, and let's remember what our jobs as moms are, and that's to love our children and let them feel loved and secure and close, because that's all they're really looking for. And I have to say, if your kids are particularly bats right now, if they're in your face all the time, if they're fighting with each other, if they're being argumentative to you, it's probably because they're looking for affection and connection from you to know they're safe, to know that they're loved, to know that they're seen, to know that they're wanted around. And I know that's not always easy. I know that's not always easy, moms. I had one mom say to me this week, my kids just keep throwing their existence in my face. And that's heartbreaking. Because we don't ever want to feel like our existence is something that another person doesn't want. It's particularly heartbreaking if we think our existence is not something our mother wants. Let's remember that our kids' existence in our home was a choice that we made to either have them or adopt them or to marry their father. <laughs> but we accepted their lives and became that mother to them. And they're looking to us to feel loved. And so if we make affection and connection with our kids, the number one thing we do. We make sure we schedule it in. We make sure we prioritize it. That doesn't mean we don't get anything else done. But when we prioritize it, we fill up their emotional tank. We fill up our emotional tank. It brings down everybody's emotional temperature. And then they accept our guidance better. And we're able to give it with more grace more love, less anger, less frustration. When we hug another person, our whole bodies respond to that and calm down. Our breathing slows down. Our minds begin to come online again. Our creative abilities, our thinking brains come online again instead of being shut down by stress. We feel connected to them. Our blood pressure comes down. And we start to produce oxytocin, which makes us feel really good. So this isn't just for the kids, moms. It's for us. They will feel physically and mentally better. We will feel physically and mentally better. So I'm going to give you some tips on how to do this today. Because a lot of us don't think about 
affection very much. In fact, I think many of us use affection and connection as a reward for the behavior we're looking for, for our, from our children. So we hold back being affectionate. We hold back from playing with them or doing something fun and connective with them until they behave the way we want them to. And until then, we hold ourselves back. They have to prove themselves to us. They have to do A, B, and C. And then they can get that hug or that word of approval. Or then we'll play that game once all the homework's done, whether it's all their chores are done, when they've spoken respectfully all day. And when we do that, it rarely happens. Because we, none of us can be perfect all the time. And we're also training our children to get our attention any way they can. And often the quickest way to get that attention is through misbehavior. But if we begin to prioritize affection and connection as our number one job, they no longer have to run around misbehaving to get our attention because they've gotten it. And they know that they can get more of it simply by asking. And we can tell them that. We can say, sweetheart, if you need my attention, then just say, mom, can I have a hug? I don't want you fussing at your brother or sister. I don't want you using an obnoxious tone of voice with me. I just want you to come and say, mom, I need a hug right now. But that won't be enough unless they've learned that they can trust that. They learn to trust that when we begin to actually plan on affection and connection. And that might sound crazy because we often feel that affection should just spontaneously come out of our feelings for that person. You know what? Not, not many people are feeling very good right now. And most kids try those feelings at some point in every single day. And so if we stop worrying about feeling it and start thinking about planning it, we can make those feelings come about because we've done the things that create those feelings. So for example, plan on starting the day with real affection at the beginning of the day. So when, when your kids wake up in the morning, instead of all the alarms go off and everybody's rushing off to do what they have to do and get ready for the day and be on time, this is a time where we can take that pause and say, no, I'm going to wake up each child with a hug and a kiss and a how was your night and I, and I love you very much. It really doesn't take more than a minute per child to wake them up gently with a smile and with an I love you. And even perhaps a prayer where you just say, good morning, sweetheart, I love you so much. How are you doing today? They answer you and you say, I'm just, God, please just bless my child's day. Give us a good day together. Help them to feel loved and peaceful and let them find joy in this day. Amen. They immediately know that you love them. They immediately know that you're caring for them enough to take them to God. They're starting their day with that connection and that affection that says, mom's looking out for me. Mom loves me. 
I'm starting this day with somebody who loves me, not who somebody with somebody who's yelling at me or giving me a list of orders just as my eyes are opening up, but somebody who truly cares. That sets a whole new tone for the day. Then throughout the day, make times to stop and give each of your children a hug and let them know how much you love them, just randomly, but make it a priority to do it, even if you have to set a little reminder on your phone where every hour or so it goes off and says, hug, and you can see that on your phone and you, you just make some time in the next few minutes after that to give everybody a hug, either a big group hug or one at a time or just make your way around and, and check up on what they're doing and just say, hey, I really love you and I just want you to know that right now. Because that resets that experience of feeling loved and feeling cared for and being able to trust you as their mom rather than coming from a place of adversarial parenting where it's always checking up on if they've behaved and if they've gotten their chores done and expecting that they've messed up somehow, which makes everybody's emotional temperature so much higher and doesn't bring us close together and doesn't make them want to cooperate with what we need from them. So taking time out throughout the day to make those moments of reconnection. And if you're extra, extra busy right now because you're balancing working from home and taking care of your children, this is all the more important for you because it will remind you why you're working so hard. Because guess what? You love these people. (laughs) You really do. And you need those moments of, I love you so much. And if you're not a particularly affectionate person normally, I want to remind you that before all this happened, when really bad things would happen in this country, in particular when we'd have another school shooting, you'd always hear people say the same thing, which was, go home and hug your kids a little bit tighter. How often did we really do that? This is our chance. They're there all the time. And it's our chance to get in all those hugs and all that love and to stretch our muscle a little bit if it's not something we normally do. Because whether it's part of your personality or whether you were raised by somebody who kind of taught you that affection was weak or not something you did as a family for whatever reason they gave, This is a time to say, no, I know that God created me and he created me for love and he created me to be close to those I love and I'm going to stretch that muscle. Just as so many of us are trying to get a little bit of exercise in every day in one way or another because we know we need it to stretch our muscles so they don't atrophy, if your affection muscles, as it were, have been atrophying for a while. This is a great time to start stretching them by planning in those moments of a hug, of a loving check-in, where you can really say, okay, I did that emotional stretching. I connected with my child. Now let's look at the fact that throughout the course of every day, our kids are going to misbehave. 
and that drives us crazy and it pushes all our buttons. I'm going to ask you to try something a little bit different. Instead of immediately reacting with anger or discipline, which if you do that immediately will probably escalate things and leave you all feeling pretty terrible and exhausted, I want you to try practicing pausing, taking a deep breath and saying something like, Sweetheart, you seem really off. Let's just take a minute and let me give you a hug. Or let's just sit on the couch a minute and let me hold you until we both feel a little better. And then we can figure out a way to handle this situation better together. We can figure out a better way. That's so important to do because when we are just reactive, everything can just go right off the rails very, very quickly. And then we're busy trying to fix it all, all day from a place of heightened emotion and regret. So try to build in that pause when they do something and reconnect before you move on with how to fix it. And how to fix it doesn't necessarily have to be a discipline technique. It can be as simple as, can you tell me what you're trying to do here so that we can figure out a more respectful way for you to get what you need? Can you tell me what's going on between you and your sibling so that we can make you guys friends again and tell me what you need and we'll talk to your sibling about what they need. Once you figure out what the needs are, once they know you're on their side and you're willing to help them be better, they will begin to act better. I can guarantee it. When you've gone through a day of this kind of thing, trying to reconnect, please make sure at the bedtime part of your day when you finally get to get everybody into a place of rest again, to create a bedtime ritual that gives you that connection to end your day. So that when, when you all go to bed, and hopefully to sleep peacefully, you can know that you all feel connected, you feel on the same side, your kids know that you're rooting for them and doing your best, even if you've admitted during the day that it's hard and it's a struggle and you need their help and you need their prayers. That's a good and honest thing to do. It's a lot more good and honest and productive than just yelling and venting your spleen all day. So create a bedtime connection, again, where maybe everybody piles in to the biggest bed in the house or everybody piles around you on the couch and you read a good book together or a chapter of a book that you're all going to enjoy, and you cuddle up closely to each other. You take time to pray together as a family and go around and thank God for the good things that happened during the day and also the concerns that you may have. So you're not just creating affection and connection between you and your kids, but between your family and God as well and giving your family over to God for the evening and, and all your concerns over to the only one who can help us carry all this and, and handle it together. Not only will this give you a good launching off point for being able to sleep and feel successful as a mom that day, but it will also let you wake up the next morning knowing that you've put everybody to bed in a place of love and connection, even if it's been shaky during the day, even if it has been a difficult day, your kids know that you're committed 
to connecting more with them because you have this ritual at the end of the day. And that's going to speak volumes to them. It's also going to be something that they remember for the rest of their lives. And everybody, when this is finally over, everybody's going to be telling the story of this time for generations to come. And it will allow your children to tell their children the story of all the times that mom curled up with them and read them books or told funny stories or did something that connected them and made them feel warm and close. And it doesn't have to be a project. It doesn't have to be something that has all the bells and whistles. It just has to be loving. It just has to be affectionate. You don't have to wear yourself out doing all of this. And for those moms who are really in a place where you're saying, well, Lisa, that all sounds great. If you're in a place where you're home with your kids. But there are a lot of moms out there who are doing the big jobs that are keeping them away from their children right now. That you're serving the world and you don't want to bring this home to them. And so you're not getting that time. I would really encourage you to do whatever you can to make those connections from the distance that you're at. If you get that break and can FaceTime your kids, if you can start writing notes before you are able to fall asleep and you get those notes home to your kids or you take pictures of your notes and you send them on your phone, whatever you can do to make moments of connection so your kids know that you are thinking about them and loving them from that distance that you have to be at. I had a wonderful call on More to Life this week that really just took my breath away. We were talking with a dad who is going through a very difficult divorce, but he does live in the same town that his three-year-old daughter is living in with her mom and her grandparents. And with his wife's permission, they're not divorced yet, he goes over to his daughter's house every day and he stands by the window that she can see out of and he just gets time with her. He said he makes funny faces at her and makes her giggle and laugh that sometimes they can, he can, she can hear him through the window. So sometimes he'll bring over a book and he'll sit and he'll read her the book through the window and he does all these creative things. And he says sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes he can stretch it to 20 minutes. But that those moments are meaning so much to him because he can see the face of God in her face. And I know from having lost my father at a very, very young age that our memories are more than we think they are at a young age. And his daughter will remember. She will have those snapshots in her mind of daddy standing outside the window every day, faithfully, loyally, because he wanted to be close to her, because he wanted to make her smile, because he wanted to connect with her. So I'm just going to encourage you that 
during this time, during every normal day, but during this time especially, let's really brainstorm about how to make affection and connection with our kids, each of them, every single day, several times a day, how to build in those routines that make us feel connected to them and them to us. And it's not always the hugs and the kisses. It's, it's we're going to play a game today. We're going to make sure that we exercise in some way together. So one mom had asked me this week, she's got very young children. She's got a two-year-old and a nine-month-old, and they are in the house together. She can't get out a lot because she lives in a city and she's very concerned about being too close to anyone, especially with such young children. And she wanted to know how she could get all their energy out. And I said, you know, put on something fun music-wise. That, uh, For example, um, the Wiggles from Australia, they have tons and tons of audio and video out there that you can just download for free. And I said, just dance around with them. Get it out. Get silly with them. Let them see you dance around. That works whether you're, you've got tiny children or older children. We all need to shake this off a little bit and allow ourselves to feel a few minutes of joy and a few minutes of energy and get some exercise. Learn a new game together. Start a new hobby together if you have the time. Just brainstorm and even ask your kids if they're verbal, if they're old enough, what can I do? What can we do together to connect as a family today, this week? What kinds of things do we want to do? Get their input on what would make them feel loved and connected. Write it all down. It doesn't all have to be done in a day. But get those ideas out there and tell them what would make you feel connected and loved as well. So make the effort to brainstorm together and let them know that this is going to be your number one priority because you love them so much and you want to all feel good as a family together through this really difficult time and these very unknown waters. So hopefully I've made my point. Hopefully you begin to see your house as that loving home that I think my friends picture so beautifully illustrates. And um, I'll try to give you the link in the, um, the blog, if I manage to get the blog up, of how to find her art, because it's, it's so beautiful. And I think it would give you a lot of edifying images to look at that would make your heart feel good and kind of spur on your own creativity. So I will put that there. But I'm praying for all of you. And I want you to know that I pray for all of you every day anyway. But there are so many of you who are DMing me and who are getting in touch via email or through More to Life, which again, you can hear every day at 10 Eastern or whatever your time zone is on Sirius XM or on EWTN radio. There is a free app. Um, you can also hear us on your local stations such as, or 
who have apps, Ave Maria Radio's app, Guadalupe Radio app. All of these things are ways to hear our show. And I'm telling you that so that um, you can call in if you have questions, because it is a live call-in, help-filled show. And if you have those questions, feel free to call in and say, hey, what do I do about this as a mom? How do I get through that? This is what I'm feeling. We're here for you every day. It's completely free. And it would let you have people there to really help you through it. And so that's one way. The other thing that I do want to put on here is in case things are at a point where you're really feeling, hey, I can't do this by myself. I can't handle this relationship, this situation, this, these feelings. I need more skills. I need some care. I need an adult to listen to me and be able to help me through this. We have and have had for 20 years a wonderful service called catholiccounselors.com. It is telephone counseling by all professional licensed counselors who happen to also be faithful Catholics. Now, for my non-Catholic listeners, you are welcome as well. Nobody is going to try to evangelize you or change your denomination or faith. But it was started to help Catholics connect their faith and what they need in their lives to be able to be healthy and function well and be their best selves. And so we'll help everybody be their best selves through all of this. All the sessions are done via telephone. As I said, we've been doing it for 20 years, so this is not new to the pandemic. It is something we've been doing. And I just want to let you know that if, if there are things you want to work on, if there are things you need help with, all you have to do is go to catholiccounselors.com and you'll see the link there to the telephone counseling and you'll be able to set up an appointment with somebody who will call you back and work through it all with you and um, set up appointments with you. And I always think that the loveliest part of doing it by telephone is you never have to leave, leave where you are and you can be in your comfortable place and nobody can see you tearing up or ugly crying if that's the place you're in. And um, we can stay in our sweats or our pajamas or whatever we're wearing right now and in a time where we can't go anywhere it's a really wonderful benefit so that is there for you but I am continuing to pray for each and every one of you especially those who have gotten in touch especially those who are really really struggling through this time and I ask each and every one of my listeners to pray for all the other moms out there Pray for all of your sister moms who are doing their best and wanting to do even better. And I just ask God to bless each and every one of you and give you peace and great health and to protect you all. I will try to talk to you very soon. God bless. Oh, and I'm coming back to tell you that if you want to see the art from my best friend who did the beautiful house um, that's attached to this podcast, you can look at her artwork at Letters in Progress. That's at Letters in Progress on Instagram. Thanks for joining me today for this Momfidence Moment. If you want more encouragement, come on over to momfidence.org for the blog and other confidence-boosting resources.